This podcast is brought to you by Upcase. Improve your development skills by completing coding exercises that are peer-reviewed by real humans. Learn more at Upcase.com. I'm like sitting here. I'm like, well, wait, what do we do after this? What the hell am I looking for? <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot something. I, I honestly, I like it when we screw up more than I like it when we get it right. <laughs> yeah. I really do. It's true to our personalities. Yeah, absolutely. I screw up all the time. Like I do something and then nine times out of ten I was like, that was wrong. I shouldn't have done it that way. Or at all. Hey everybody, this is Mark in San Francisco. And this is Gordon in Boston. And this is Build Phase. Uh what's up, man? How you doing? Nothing. I just heard about this bash thing, and I'm wondering if I should be doing something about it. I don't know. It's I. I have. I mean, I look at it, and I'm like, yeah, those are characters that I guess I, maybe I should be worried about it. But I don't know. Like, is it something that someone just does? Someone just type that into my machine? Because like, don't I have bigger things to worry about at that point? <laughs> like mm-hmm. that they have my machine. <laughs> Is it something that's only on the server? Yeah, it's someone, all very someone confusing. On, someone on Twitter, who was it? Uh, Matt Drance earlier was like, isn't it already a problem if someone's able to set environment variables on you? <laughs> like, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I, I have no idea. I don't know anything about this. I'm not good at this kind of security stuff anyway. So maybe someone can write in, the, you know, explain like I'm five reason why they should be worried about this and like you know people here were like i should could probably just also ask some of the people that sit by me but they'd have a better idea but like i know that like caleb patched the os 10 the built-in os 10 version of bash because that has the vulnerability it's like oh that seems like a lot of work (laughs) i don't know I, i have no idea the only thing I do like is the awesome, like everything else, like the awesome media misrepresentation of what's going on. Like there's that picture. Hold on. Is it the one with grandma at her computer? No. It says a bug called Bash. Oh, yes. <laughs> it says it's like a screenshot from NBC. <laughs> and it's, yeah, it's it's like this pair of old hands on an Apple computer. And the, the thing at the bottom says, Apple warns Mac users about a bug called Bash. Which I think is just I don't think that's I don't think that any of that is right. <laughs> this is it's not an Apple problem. It's a Unix problem. I really don't think this person has anything to worry about. <laughs> like what the hell am I stealing from this computer? Photos of grandkids? I'm trying to think of what like what my grandparents have on their computer. Photos of me. Maybe. Probably not, actually. In all honesty, they probably don't have photos on there. Mm-hmm. Probably. Microsoft they, Word documents, I think. A, sh- a shitload of Microsoft Word documents. IE9 with some saved passwords? <laughs> I don't know. At least we're not talking about people who are dumb. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right. <laughs> Moving on. Were you going to talk about the bending thing? I was just going to say, yeah, people... People treating a $700 device made of glass like, like I don't know, what's something that you bend <laughs> that you're supposed to bend? I can't right. even think of one thing that you that, 
where bending is appropriate. <laughs> right. A straw. A bendy straw. Yeah. Specifically a bendy straw, though. Like, not a normal straw. Right. <laughs> you see that accordion's nature there? It's right. meant for bending. Right. I get that it bent in some people's pockets. But like, people making the videos, like, look, look how I bend it. Yeah, it no, he's, he, he was, he said, like, there was, a, there was that one video that was, like, linked to by the New York Times, and it's like, it's like the dude goes, I heard reports that iPhone 6s were bending, so I'm going to do a bend test, and then he just bends it. It's like... This isn't – he uses the word science in some context. It's like this is – nothing here that you're doing is any kind of science at all. You're literally just – this is like a strongman thing that you're doing basically. His knuckles were white, man. You, like, you could see like the blood rushing out of his thumbs where he was pushing into the back. It's like what in God's name – like, I would be surprised. I'd be like that video, but the opposite, like him doing that and it doesn't bend. I'd be like, damn, that is impressive. Either that's like really impressively constructed or that guy really needs to work on his grip strength. <laughs> right. It's like, how do you carry shopping bags, man? Like, like, do you <laughs> like if you couldn't if you couldn't bend an iPhone with your hands, you know what I mean? Like you spent a lot of time walking back and forth from the car is all I'm saying. <laughs> Shouldn't we be impressed that the displays aren't breaking? They're bending. That's mind-blowing. The glass is bending. That's not a thing that glass does. (laughs) There's like a list of things that glass does, right? It like stays in one place and you can see through it. I think that's those are like the properties of glass. That's number one. Right. Right. Like bending is nowhere on the list of like even hopeful possibilities like it's not like it's not like at some point someone was like you know it would be cool if glass could do it's like glass could just bend it's like just at will if you could just bend glass like that's no one no one's even asking for that but like <laughs> totally have it i guess people are probably asking for that so you could do like bendable displays whatever we've been giving dumb people a real razzing <laughs> lately this is two weeks in a row what did we do last week I don't remember because I haven't even listened to that episode yet. <laughs> uh, we made fun of the guy who was disappointed that he couldn't get Touch ID on his oh, phone after a software update. Right. <laughs> Crap. Oh, man. My phone got hit by a band this week and there's not a scratch on it. Yeah. <laughs> how how are you, Tom, by the way? <laughs> Thanks for asking. A little sore, a little bored. I like how he phrased it as, my phone got hit by a van. But right. that's a little disingenuous because right. the phone was in his pocket at the time <laughs> right. and his pocket got hit by the van. It was mounted on my frame. Ah, uh, okay. Bike, so it was on his bike frame. It got dragged okay. across the ground. But really, at, at that point, you, bike, and phone were that's all one. one. Thing. That's one thing. Yeah, that doesn't work. Oh, boy. So you messaged me yesterday and said you were having some kind of existential crisis, <laughs> and then I asked about it, and you refused to talk about it with me. Yeah, how's that you going? Talk about that. I just want to know how you're doing. Uh, I don't know. I'm trying to figure stuff out. So the issue I'm having is like MVVM. Like I'm off. I'm off a project right now, doing a bunch of sales calls, and you know. In the meantime, I'm playing with Swift, and we're I'm writing this internal app just to play with Swift and try out some functional stuff where applicable uh, and then just kind of try to get more used to writing the Swift apps. And the, the app that I'm writing is this kind of very simple little uh, – we have an internal 
web app that we use for employee information and stuff like that called Team. And then it has an API that we exposed a while back. So I'm writing an app called Roster that um, is basically like an, a, a company directory for the iPhone. Very, very simple. Hits an API, pulls down employees. You can flip through the employees, see pictures, what office they're in, what role they have, you know, iOS developer, web developer, designer, advisor, that kind of stuff. Flip to their contact information in the detail page. And then, you know, we'll be able to get their personal website URL, their GitHub stuff, Twitter stuff, phone number, that kind of stuff, right? Very, very straightforward. So I'm writing it and I started doing it in Swift and I've been enjoying that. And I've been using TDD where it makes sense to uh, with uh, Nimble and Quick, which are the two. They may not be the only two at this point. I think there's another library that does something similar. But those are the testing frameworks that I'm aware of. And they work a lot like Specta and Expecta. So, so Quick is the spec syntax and then Nimble is the set of matchers that allows you, you know, it's just a bunch of functions that allow you to perform the matchers without having to use XC test directly. Anyway, so I'm using MVVM. So the first thing I do is create uh, an employee's view control or um, an employee's view controller, right? Plural. That's the list of employees. It's just a table view controller. It gets its data from an employee's view model. A view model just holds on to a collection of employees. It's actually right now I'm instantiating it with the employees. Since we only have to make one network call inside the employees view controller, I'm just hitting the API with our, we have a library that we wrote in Objective-C to, to interact with the API and stuff because we were using it in a couple apps. Um, so I hit the API, get, get a bunch of employees back and then create this view model. This is all happening inside the view controller, which I'm not great you know, a huge fan of, but I'm not sure exactly what to do. But so this thing just kind of manages this collection of employees and then hands data back to the UI table view data source methods. And then when requested, it was handing back uh, an employee cell view model, right? So inside cell for Onix path, I need to get a view model to represent the employee cell so the the employee's view model returns an employee cell view model, which is then handed to the cell. Cell sets itself up. Then later, so so that's all fine. And so I'm TDDing that, and it's okay. And I like the way the view models work in Swift because you can use computed variables. So kind of all the stuff that is just passed through getter methods on our Objective C modules or view models are computed variables in Swift. You know what I mean? So it's just it's just a getter, but you can do it. You can always use dot syntax in Swift. But you don't have to call it like it's a function. You just call it like it's a property, and then it returns that thing. So if it's holding on to an employee, and I have a computed property called employee name, it's just var employee name string open brace return employee dot full name. Does that make sense? And it kind of, I don't know, there's something about that that feels weird. And I can't tell what it is. And I'm not sure if it's just that I'm, so this is, so this is where my first kind of thing came up is like testing those. And we have a lot of those kind of methods and a lot of those kind of tests in our last project. You know, the thing, you know, and 
I can't decide if it's worth it. Like those aren't doing much. They're just return. Like some of the stuff where we have view models that are passing through data and then also need to pass through KVO stuff. It totally makes sense to like test the KVO side of those things, but I can't decide if it's worth it to test these simple pass through methods that don't do anything else. Right. So that was kind of the first thing that I hit and I'm kind of like, I was kind of feeling weird about that and not entirely sure if I was doing the right thing and not entirely sure if I was wasting my time and I kept moving, but I kept moving forward. So I finished the cell view model. And I move on to the detail All right, I go into interface builder, style the, you know, screen for the employee detail screen and then, you know, set up the segue and set up the prepare for segue thing so that now I get an employee detail view model and pass that to the destination view controller for the segue. So then, but then here's the thing is once I started getting into the employee detail view controller, the first thing I did was duplicate the first four things in the employee cell view model. Sorry, I keep saying view controller and view model interchangeably. The first thing I did when I was building out the employee detail view model was duplicate the first four things from the employee cell view model. So it needed an avatar, it needed the full name, it needed the office information, and it needed the role. There also happens to be more Twitter information, GitHub information, personal website information, phone number information, email information, right? Those are all going to be computed properties. Those are all going to be passed through computed properties. So not only was I duplicating it, but everything in there was just putting a, another layer in front of the model. And I don't know if that's right. It feels like a lot of work. You know what I'm saying? So right now, again, right now, I don't feel like I'm, I have an added benefit in using MVVM over just passing the model itself through. Obviously, the, the obvious added benefit is if I add stuff to the model, I get it for free. I don't know. So one of the first so one of the things I did is I got rid of the employee cell view model and the employee detail view model, and I replaced them with an employee view model, which just models how an employee should be displayed. And the only difference in the way it's displayed on a cell or a screen of its own is what variables get pulled out. And so that kind of seems like that's fine. I can just do that in the mapping on the view itself. But then again, what's the benefit here over just passing the model in? In such a simple case, you could argue that there isn't. There's no logic to reform to be performed. There's no value transformations. I think you've just found such a simple case where looking at it by itself, you don't see the value in it. Mm -hmm. And I think even if you had to grow that a bit, you still might not see the pain just because it's such a simple application. Are you saying that this is making you question MVVM overall? No. Or in just in Swift? No, 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 no. I don't think it has anything to do with Swift. It's it's like I was saying, I think last week I was talking about how just the act of writing these patterns in a different language is just making me look at them differently. I think that's all it is. I, I don't think it has anything to do with Swift itself. I think it's more that I'm questioning everything right now, even new beliefs that I have. So here's a good example. In the future, in the very, very near future, 
I'm going to need to handle tap actions on the cells for phone number, email, GitHub, Twitter, et cetera, et cetera. I know specifically that like I would want the personal website and the GitHub links to open in a web browser. I also know that I want to do something interacting with other Twitter clients when you tap on the Twitter thing. So like check to see if Tweetbot, Twitterific, or the Twitter app are installed. And if one of those are installed, open the link in that instead of opening it in Safari. So there's going to be some logic just right there. For the personal URL and for the GitHub URL, I'm going to have to construct those URLs and pass them back. For the Twitter one, there's actually some logic around what URL should I be opening. And that's going to be probably another object that gets pulled out and sits behind the view model. You know, I can see that being like a like a Twitter URL constructor thing, right? That you hand it a Twitter user. It just goes through, is Twitterific installed? If so, construct the URL like this. Is Tweetbot installed? If so, construct the URL like this. Twitter, or just return the Safari link. So there's some logic that I know is going to be out, but now all of a sudden I have that same logic being passed into the cell. And is that weird? Is it weird inside MVVM for me to have logic inside a view model that one of the views isn't using? Because the alternative is, like I said, duplicating that initial logic, right? The commonalities between the two. Yeah. Or keep the common stuff in one and decorate it for another. But then if I'm decorating it, I still have to expose the interface for it. So I'm still doing pass-throughs. I'm just doing pass-throughs to another view model instead of pass-throughs to uh, the model. So -hmm. it's going two jumps instead of one. It's still basically that same duplication, you know, because we don't have anything like – like we could absolutely just decorate that if this was Ruby because you can delegate methods to specific objects, sub-objects. So in Ruby – so if my detail view model is holding on to like an employee, I don't know, basic info view model, whatever we want to call it, then I could delegate and say like if you get asked for the avatar URL or the full name or the office or the role, just ask this other object over here. But you can't really do that in Swift because you need to have – at least I don't think you can. I know you can't do it in Objective-C because you need the compiler there to let you know. So that raises an interesting question. It's kind of parallel to what you're talking about. So the Objective-C methods that kind of sit on top of the runtime, like uh, moving messages around and who should ultimately receive this, mes- right. this message, stuff like that, does that just not work in Swift? I think all the Objective-C runtime stuff works if your objects use the Objective-C keyword, my basic understanding is that they have to use the, that at OBJC keyword in front of the class or struct definition, or they have to inherit from NSObject. Because I know that selectors work that way too. So if you do something like you know, register for notifications on a thing, you have to inherit from like NSObject in order to get the selector stuff to work. I see. That makes perfect sense. 
but I don't want to do that for this. You know what I mean? I'm using structs. I'm using native Swift structs, which have a lot of benefits. Some of those benefits are completely ruined by the access control mechanisms and the fact that I want to test those. Like the fact that I have to, I don't get to use automatic initializers. Like that's one of my favorite things about Swift structs is automatic initializers. I can just declare a property and bam, like I immediately, I can declare a bunch of properties and all of a sudden I have an initializer and I can make some of those properties have default values and then those get removed from the required initializer. So like that's fantastic. But then the second I move it over to try to test it, like you have to explicitly define those because you have to explicitly make them public. That sucks. Have you considered using protocols and extensions for display instead of view models altogether? On the NS object or on, yes, the, on, or, the, on the model? And so I think a, a view would declare some sort of protocol for how to fill itself out with all the things that it needs. And then in, a, in an extension on the model, you would implement that protocol. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I've actually, I actually had this conversation with someone at NS Coder Night last week. And I just really don't like the idea. Like the whole point of a view model is to be able to separate the concerns of the model's data from the concern of how that data is displayed on screen. I think the fact that in this case and in some cases it's the same, right, it's just simple pass-through things, is a coincidence. You know what I mean? And it isn't. It just so happens to be that the employee's display name is the same thing as the employee's full name. And, yeah. and it just so happens to be that the employee's office display name is the same thing as the employee's office's description. I think that moving that stuff to categories means that you end up with you're just bolting stuff onto your model object you know, and you're confusing responsibilities there. And I also think that that can be a slippery slope. You do that with a couple things, and then what happens when you get to this GitHub stuff? Are you not constructing GitHub URLs or Twitter URLs on the model? Because if you're not, you don't really have a great place to do that now. Mm-hmm. Well, it sounds like to you, I mean, in the simple case, how important is that separation of concerns? That's what it comes down to. Mm-hmm. Do you think the final product will be complex enough to warrant doing any of this? I don't know. Probably not. I think the Twitter, GitHub, the link building stuff will be not complex, but it'll be a nice place to put it or it'll at least be a nice interface to hide that stuff behind. Mm -hmm. But I mean, I would say that that stuff never belongs in the, if you draw a line from your view controller through your view model to your model, Mm -hmm. that sort of, actionable stuff doesn't belong anywhere in that chain. I think it comes off of, it's something else that comes off the view controller. It's, you know, the view model is really just to display that string in your UI. As soon as you handle that action on that cell, it should be going out to another controller and says, hey, you know, given this value that I got from my view model, Mm -hmm. can you tell me what I can do with this? Yeah, I was kind of thinking about doing something like on DidTap to select road and next path. I don't know. Do I get the val like, so that's going to get weird because it's going to have to know what cell was tapped. That's fine. I guess it'll have to know what cell was tapped and it'll have to ask 
the view model, if you tapped on the GitHub row, because it should just be as simple as the controller should just say uh, application shared application open URL, and it should get that URL from somewhere else. Yeah. It sounds like the hang up here is that the view model is often monopolizing the model. Right. When there are other things not view related that also want to access it. Mm -hmm. Exactly. It does seem sometimes like your view controller should be getting a value and then putting that value into a view model and getting a presentable value back out in -hmm. some cases. Mm Mm-hmm. Maybe there's just a more generic controller that's driving your table views data source and stuff that holds onto the model object and can give you the raw value, the raw telephone number that's just a string without any sort of like visual separators. Right. And you take that thing and run it through your view model and say, hey, give me a, give me a presentable string for this phone number. If you remove the model from that chain of view controller view model and put it somewhere else, does that alleviate any problems? In my mind, I think it does. Where do you put it though? I think you just have a more generic controller that just kind of uh, closes over that thing mm-hmm. and is always just one hop away from the view controller. It can get you, it can get you everything. Mm-hmm. You can perform actions on that data, you know, pull values out and transform them for display. So then are you, how is that not, I mean, or is that just a view model by a different name? It sounds a hell of a lot like what we've been calling view models, just without the word model in it. Yeah, I guess. I'm just thinking uh, view models are really good for getting data to be displayed, but they're really terrible when it comes time to act on data. Right. Network, like requests, the- network requests and all that stuff. I, I've said this a few times over the past few weeks, and I keep just thinking about it more and more and more. It's just, I think I've said this on this show before, but I think the word view model is probably crappy, and the initialism MVVM is probably a very poor conceptualization of what we're doing. I described it at NS Coder Night last week, actually, as being more like model, view controller model, view controller, view model, view. Like, that's almost the structure that we're actually taking with a lot of this stuff. You know what I mean? Just that it isn't as simple as model, view, model, view. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Model, view, view, model. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah, but then we put ourselves in a box because we say, well, the view model should only care about getting raw model values on the view for display. And so we're left with this question of, okay, well, how do we perform actions in the other direction? Right. How do we push things into it instead of just pulling things out? Right. And I think a lot of people would say use the view models still. Like every example that I've seen looks a lot like ours usually with reactive cocoa but that it uses it looks a lot like ours in terms of it has network access and stuff going on inside the view models and i don't know man like assume for a second we're going to call these things just controllers okay. plain old controllers mm-hmm. and not view models mm-hmm. and a controller gets initialized well i'm going to call it a data source and not a model but it it's a source of data models can be sources of data mm-hmm. the network can be a source of data and what if off of the controller then, and now the controller doesn't really care about the display or the model, it's just serving as a middleman, you can go to that controller and ask for a view model. And a view model is always lazily evaluated with whatever that data source is. And so in that moment in time, you can get, what should my presentation values be? But it, it never really hangs around. 
it's it's just uh, fired up when you ask for it, gives you whatever you need, and then torn back down. Then at least you know when you have situations where you're replacing data because of a network request, it doesn't get hairy because you're trying to figure out how to update your view model, which things are bound to. Like that's really much or very much just pulling values out, and then that controller step in between that doesn't care about you know how these things get displayed. It's just a middleman can facilitate all your all of your actions in the other direction. Mm-hmm. Say I want to I want to update this uh, you know data source over here, and then when you're done, give me a view model back to redraw the view with. Are you still trampolining stuff through though? A little bit more, yeah, but conceptually. I think it makes more sense. If we treat the view model itself as just a model, as just like a value object mm-hmm. that just wraps over like a model object at a point in time. Mm-hmm. Like imagine you make a network request and the thing that comes back in the block is a view model. And you turn around and just go, hey, update with this thing. And it fills everything out. Yeah, it's more trampolining and a little bit of uh, name changing. Mm-hmm. But it seems clearer in my head. Hmm. I mean... Part of me is probably or almost certainly overthinking this based on this simplistic use case that I kind of laid out. True. But at this point in a project, it's always fun to. Yeah. It, and a lot of this isn't just because like you're working on this new project. It's because you just came off the project that we were just on. Right. And so, that, and so that's the main thing is I'm doing this and this might annoy me on its own. But given the fact that like I absolutely recognize these patterns – this feels like the same pattern in a lot of places that we used, like, and not in a good way, like, like that doing the TDD on simple trampolined values and wondering if any of that is worthwhile. Like, I can justify it to myself and I can absolutely argue that it is because it helped us do things down the road in that project, like simple, small things like uppercasing the string for the subtitle every time the a user's subtitle was printed on screen. We had one place to do that, you know. Being able to refactor easily without touching the view itself so that we supported uh, users and organizations as authors. Like that all happened in the view model. Uh, and it was a nice place to just put that interface and test it too. Again, like the fact that all this was testable because it was pulled out of the view. So I can justify it to myself, but it's harder right now, like looking at this project. But I, wa- I do wonder if it's like, yeah, it's kind of a little bit of bullshit right now and kind of a stupid pattern right now. But in the long run, it just does make things easier. I think what I'd tell you now is to do it as simply as possible. And then when the long run gets here, mm-hmm. bring those view models back when necessary. Yeah, that's my other concern is am I – over architecting this there's like an 88 percent chance that you are because <laughs> none of the tests that i wrote so far need to be tested they're not doing anything they're mm-hmm. just trampling values back and forth so forget it mm-hmm. i mean if it's just getting in your way i mean unless you have a hard time testing things that you feel needed to be sure tested yeah mm-hmm. that's another good reason to bring them back mm-hmm it doesn't even sound like that's the case. Mm-mm. No, like, because I wouldn't bother testing all the stuff that I've tested so far. If it was just a model, I wouldn't bother testing it. I guess that's the big thing, is that I'm testing things because I want to guarantee that they're trampolining correctly, 
when if it wasn't trampolining, if I was just accessing the values directly, I wouldn't test them because it's just properties, right? And then that's not worth my time to test. I'm not going to test that if this user has a, you know, a full name that it has a full name. That's a stupid test. And yet that's kind of what I'm doing because I'm creating a user with a full name. And when I stick it in this other thing, I'm ensuring that the user has a full name. Feels kind of dumb right now. I found tests to be most personally rewarding when I write a test that passes for something that I can't really keep in my head at once. Mm -hmm. Knowing that this method just calls this other thing, I can easily keep that in my head. And so when I test it, I don't get any gratification out of having tested it. I just think, well, that's dumb. <laughs> right. Right. There I mean there was there was some stuff in that last project around like dates and you know there are a couple category methods about like, you know, adding those kind of helper methods that exist on OS 10 but don't exist on iOS like is earlier than date is later than date. Like I wanted a, you know, date is within the last hour. So we have this there's a timestamp label on cells, right? And for the first minute we wanted it to tick every second. So say one second, like how long ago was this post? One seconds ago, two seconds ago, three seconds ago, blah, blah, blah. And then once it got outside of that minute, obviously it shouldn't update every second. It should update every minute. And then once it's outside of that hour, well, it should now it should just update every hour, which is probably never going to happen. Like the users probably aren't going to keep it open for an hour, but why not? Who cares? And so I wanted, I wanted to be able to like, you know, do a conditional in here is like say you hate you instantiate one of these things with a date and then it says uh, was this in the last hour if it was in the last hour set this timer to update every 60 seconds or sorry if it was in the last minute have it set to update every second if it's in the last hour every 60 seconds if it was in the last if it's or else just every hour and like the second you start doing date comparison stuff you realize that you have to use like ascending descending right <laughs> and it's like god damn it that is it's just this weird boolean logic that is kind of like hard to fully think through so i broke it down into smaller pieces and wrote tests around each one of those pieces so that i knew that each little bit of the method worked but yeah anyway like you were saying like that was that's probably one of the more gratifying tests that i wrote because he was like i can't reason about this simply in my head that like Oh, when the date is this and the date is comparing it to it is this, then the date is ordered ascending? Like, you know, that's just not – it's a weird way to th- try to think about it. So moving that stuff into like is earlier than, is less than, and then wrap that stuff up into is in the last minute, is, w- is in within the last hour, and have tests back in that, it helps. Mm-hmm. And makes th- – uh, the code nicer at levels where mm-hmm. there's lots of complexity because things are coming together. Yeah, exactly. Keep those layers apathetic. Like, I don't care how you do this. <laughs> right. Just get, just get it done. Right. Exactly. They're true managers. Yep. See, I don't know. I guess I probably should just take a step back from this, pull some of the MVVM stuff out, see if I need, see how I feel when I get to the GitHub stuff. Mm-hmm. Anyway. You want to wrap it up? I'm tired. Yeah. I got to get yeah. ready for this meetup. I need a drink. I don't know, man. I just need more right. caffeine. Or I was about to say you got to put your Gordon suit on, and then you said I got a drink. And I'm like, well, I'm not gonna. Re- 
just repeat what you just said. <laughs> it's a lot Thank like you. Duff Man, if, if you, in case you're wondering out there. Capen. Dropped again. Hey, you dropped for a second. I'm just talking about you wearing a cape. Let's, <laughs> let's be done. Okay. Were you just talking to yourself about me wearing a cape? Uh, yeah, for, <laughs> for about, I think, eight to ten seconds. Okay, cool. So I feel really good about myself right now. Good. <laughs> good. 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 All right. Show notes for this episode are going to be found at podcasts.thoughtbot.com slash buildphase slash 57. We'd like to hear from you, so email us at buildphase at thoughtbot.com or reach out on Twitter at buildphase. Oh, are we still asking for ratings and reviews on iTunes? Sure. Yes, we are. So do those too. <laughs> cool. Good job, man. <laughs> Forgot my line. All right. Okay. I'll talk to you later. later.